the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh, it's ooh, dramatic drama. There's so much chaos on Capitol Hill, right? Oh, we don't have a speaker. Well, we may have one pretty soon. They're voting right now on Jim Jordan. Great guy. Uh, I think he'd be a great speaker. They're trying to portray him as a far right mega lunatic. Nothing. There's absolutely nothing lunatic about being MAGA. All right. There's no lunacy there. It's all common sense. Jim Jordan, Republican from Ohio, former wrestling coach. He's the guy who's always uh, he never wears a jacket, and uh, he's very very cool. I like him. I know him personally, and I. So we got to get him in there. I hope it all works out. And then I got to figure out who my congressman is. Okay, <laughs> nobody knows who their congressman is. These people, for the most part, don't matter. Um, now CNN will be. Harping about what a mess this is, and it's just no big deal. You know, Congress takes off six weeks during the summer. Six weeks they go away. Nothing gets done. And I hear them all moaning about, oh, nothing's been done in the past, uh, you know, six days. Who cares? What can they do? Not much, quite frankly. With the, uh, the Senate is in Democrat hands. So is the presidency, of course, Joe Biden, who definitely is on cocaine. More on that in a moment. All right, I want to see what CNN is saying about this. They're going to make this sound like this ship is sinking. Go ahead and turn up the volume on CNN. Those districts are at risk falling to Democrats next November, and you've got such a slim majority that it could hand the House majority to the Democrats. And so I know that long-term thinking is not the calculus today for many of these Republicans on the floor, but certainly for some of these Republicans on the floor, it's the calculus. He's pretty panicky, that guy. Let's go to Manu Raju on Capitol Hill. Manu, what are you seeing where you are? Yeah, that's right. In fact, we're told by our colleague Harry Talbot, who's in the chamber, that Ken Buck was actually not in the chamber on the floor when they called his name here. And one reason why, perhaps, is that what a lot of members have been calculating about is they've been weighing whether to vote no. They don't want to be the decisive vote. Now these members are indicating. All right, enough of that crap. (laughs) Ken Buck was not on the floor. Oh, Democrats may win next cycle. I know all these guys. That first guy was David Chalian. I used to work with him. We were actually, uh, we were buddies back in the day. Good guy, but uh, totally, you know, CNN. So, you know, he's kind of, the, he's, he went fake news on us. Uh, boy, oh boy. You know, the gossip, it's just so, so much gossip, so much. It's so high school. It's so minute. It's so uh, trivial, right? It's very trivial. They'll figure out who the next speaker is. They act like the whole country has come to a, no. The country is in chaos because of no border, because of transgender uh, story time hour at public school, uh, forcing pornography down uh, children's throats with these books in the in the school library. Uh, IRS agents unleashed on the American public you can go on and on and on. Those are real issues. And it would be nice if we had a Republican speaker. We'll have one soon. But it's basically totally gridlock up there. And uh, we can't get much done anyway. Because of the Democrat Senate and the Democrat uh, in the in the White House, and who are they afraid of? Who do they work for? You know, Chuck Schumer, he's the majority leader of the United States Senate. You know what he lives in fear of? Being primaried by AOC. All right, uh, the the far left. They tell him what to do, and he listens. So, um, all right. Well, enough of that for the time being. I do want to point out this. I, Donald Trump finally said it out loud. Let me think here. Where's the stuff about the cocaine? Ah, here it is. You know, he's campaigning up and down all over the place, totally crushing the other Republicans. They should really give it up. 
you got to remember this about the other Republicans. They are hoping that one of these indictments actually takes Trump out. And if you're hoping for that, you have no business running for president. No business on the Republican side. Cut 25, please. Cut 25. Now, do you ever see him? He walks, he finishes the speech, stumbles through. By that time, it's starting to wear off, you know. Whatever happened to the cocaine they found in the White House? Both. It was weird. Through a presidential entrance. We found massive amounts of cocaine, but we don't know whose it is. I think I know whose it is, you think? He's not talking about Hunter this time. He's talking about Joe. And I got to say, the same thing occurred to me yesterday. I was listening to a speech that Biden gave over the weekend before the Human Rights Campaign, I think it's called. This is the LGBT queer group. And uh, they're always pushing pushing uh, trans, 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 trans. Because gay people have got everything that we, everything that I've got, quite frankly. They got rights to everything. That's good. That's good. Welcome to the club. Now you can join the military. <laughs> Are you sure about that one? Now you can get married. Are you sure about that one? You know, marriage is a wonderful institution. But who wants to live in an institution? <laughs> That's a joke. I heard it on the crown. Prince, uh, one of the princes said it about his, the queen, actually. Um, all right. Here's Biden. You tell me. Does he sound like he might be on ca- uh, cocaine? I think so. Cut 34. Uh, no, no, no. Make that cut 24. Take 10 off. T- 24. You cannot be silent. Silence is complicity. Silence is complicity. Folks, we're the United States of America. And there's nothing beyond our capacity when we do it together. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Ah! And he's shaking his fist. Totally like he's on something. And I think it just might be the cocaine. I mean, it was found at the White House. It was found in a sensitive portion of the White House. Uh, and yet nobody talks about it. There's a damn good chance that the president of the United States is on cocaine. It's other weird things. Oh, he's going to uh, Israel. Uh, he's on his way. I think he leaves tonight. I think he leaves tonight. Uh, good luck. We want him to be safe over there. That's a, that's a bit of a risk. Taking, taking Air Force One and it's public. Everybody knows he's going there. That's a big fat target. And there are only like two airports you can land at in Israel with a 747. I don't know if this is very wise at this point. I really don't. I think it's actually a big mistake. Uh, you know, I get it, right? Political, there's going to be something political here, but no, it's all, it's very important to show our support of Israel. It's nice that Joe Biden finally got around to it after ignoring anti-Semitism, after ignoring Iran during the early critical stages of this thing. Let's see here. Uh, cut 20. Nearly every day I get letters literally from children and parents terrified by what they're, what's happening all across America. A 13-year-old transgender child wrote to me, said, I hate looking at the news, not because I'm a teenager and it's boring, but because it's painful. I hear adults much older than me debate about my existence when they don't even know me. Debating his existence? You know, what this is is fear-mongering. This is the president of the United States telling ghost stories about the president of this country, lying about this country. And whipping people up into a total frenzy. I'm about as MAGA as they come. And I'm not saying a transgender uh, 13-year-old 
What does Joe Biden do in corresponding with 13-year-olds anyway? All right? I don't like – number one, that's inappropriate. It's totally inappropriate. Under No, you're not supposed to be talking to these. Ther- I don't care. You're the, But anyway, um, a couple of things. A transgender 13-year-old, there's a lot of things that were going through my head when I was 13. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was still figuring things out. Right? Didn't we all kind of go through certain, like, what the hell am I? What am I supposed to be? Everybody went through that. Especially at 13. It's called puberty. It's a confusing time. All kinds of things are in your head. And there ain't one adult in America who ever said, you know, we're going to debate the existence of a 13-year-old transgender. That they should somehow be a limit. What is he saying there? Now, I guess, well, you know what? Arguably, you could say I am. Like, I don't think a 13-year-old has their mind made up. And by the way, once they turn 18, game on. Whatever that 18-year-old wants to do, do. We just think the parents should be involved. We think before irreversible uh, hormonal therapy is started, conversion therapy, converting from a boy to a girl, estrogen or testosterone, that the parents should be involved. That's not a MAGA extremist. That's just common sense. That's decent. That's human. That's American, Joe. Wow. What a bad, 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 bad guy. Again, he stirs everybody up into a frenzy. Here's a cut 21. Our message to young people across America must be unequivocal. You're loved, you're heard, and you're understood, and you belong. That's that cocaine again, right? Who says you're loved, you're heard, and you belong? That's such a, like, you know, you're loved. We hear you. We see you. You belong. I could do a better job uh, winning these people over in the LGBT queer community. I totally could. Kids, and you're loved. And you are loved, oh, by the way. We love everybody. We don't think that certain things should be um, thrust upon children, certainly not in the library, certainly not in the boys' room or the girls' room. Girls should not be accompanied by biological boys. Is that so MAGA? Is that so extremist? You know, Joe, it, 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 in 1981, in your wildest dreams, you would not be this president standing up for this kind of crazy stuff. You really wouldn't be. Nobody could understand it. Nobody would understand it. Nobody would believe you. Cut 22. I received a letter from one mom who wrote me, quote, I despair for families like mine who already become refugees inside our nation. Refugees inside our nation? That's how she feels. Ah! Like a refugee inside our nation. Ah! This is the United States of America. And the United States Congress, extreme MAGA Republicans, trying to undo virtually every bit of progress we've made. Yeah, what they're talking about is um, the idea that certain states are not going to provide what they call falsely gender-affirming care. Not health care, gender-affirming care. Sex transition for minors. There are some states where that's why, oh, I have to move from Arkansas to, uh, say, Minnesota to get this Radical, irreversible surgery done on my child. There are like eight people in the country doing this. And if they feel like refugees, give me a break. Turn on the news and watch real refugees. Watch those people fleeing from Gaza with their mattresses and their lives on top of the hood of the car. Okay, that's what a refugee is. That's a political refugee. Some of them are terrorists, but some of them are genuine refugees trying to flee. And Israel's been amazing in all of this. So humane telling them that they uh, were coming. It's going to get ugly, so please get out of the way. Can you imagine the terrorists doing that? No, of course not, because they're terrorists. Listen to Joe Biden, what he just said. 
trying to down badmouth America. That's what they do. They badmouth America. And he's not done yet. Oh, here he is. Let's see. Here he now it's all about <laughs> transgender this and uh combating hate. Listen to how Joe makes it about him hate. Like we want to preserve kids. Hey, wait a second. Did 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 something happen? Turn it up. Did he win the speakership? Uh-oh. Jim Jordan will not win the speakership. Turn up the volume for a second on CNN, these creeps. Jeffries. James. James. Come on, James. How are you going to vote? Jayapal. Jeffries. 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 Voted for himself. All right, so everybody is saying that right now Jim Jordan does not have the number of votes he needs. He needs 217 to become the speaker, and it doesn't look like he has that. That's okay. They did this like 15 times back in January for, uh, what's the old speaker's name again? (laughs) Kevin McCarthy. So I guess it's not going to be Jim Jordan. Hopefully they talk to uh, Matt Gates and his friends, and they get some more people to vote for him. Right, can you dip into CNN one more time? Dakota. Jordan. That's too early Jordan. to call this thing. It's too early. Jordan. Yay! Jim Jordan. All right, it's not over yet. We'll be right back, and it might be over by the time we come back. We'll see what happens. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Matt Suey. Jeffries, McBath, Jeffries. All right, so. McCarthy, Jordan. All right, McCarthy's ex-speaker. They're voting right now for the next speaker, and just like the fake news does, they're trying to call the election before the election's over. Before the voting's over, fake news is trying to tell us they know what's going to happen. Well, I'm looking right now at the votes that have been cast so far. 123, 124 for Jim Jordan, 118 for Jeffries, who's from Brooklyn, by the way, um, and is a radical liberal, and 13 others, zero have voted present. Uh, no one has voted for anybody yet, I think, other than those guys, other than for Jordan and Jeffries. So Jordan has a way to win this thing. That they're they're predicting and they're they're saying that well, no, it's still up in the air. I don't know about that. We'll see. We'll see. Um, and then I got to work on who the hell my congressman is. Who's yours, James Flippin? Again, you figured that out a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, that's Mikey Cheryl, Montclair Mikey. She should stop calling herself Mikey. That's not an effeminine name, Mikey. Mikey. Spelled, that's a, it's like M I K I E. Mike, like Mikey. That. That's like that kid on the Life Cereal. Did you know that? <laughs> he Give likes it. it. Hey, Mikey. Exactly. Um, all right. So. What do you got, man? What's going on out there other than this uh, this stuff? Well, I'm sure you're aware that former President Trump is back in Manhattan today. Oh, I did not know. For actually. his trial alleging civil fraud, you know, concerning the fact that uh, A.G. Tish James says his family and he inflated the value of their real estate. Oh, God, that's not even – she can go straight and jump into a lake. This whole case is a joke and a fraud. I know he was there, what, was it last week or the week before? So he's back this week? Last week, week, I think. He's going to go back to court? He's here. Yeah, he was here. He spoke outside of uh, court today before going in. Um, You know, there was supposed to be testimony this week from Michael Cohen, 
Trump's former lawyer, but he's got a health issue of some kind. He you know, might be testifying. I should know all this stuff, but I was uh, secluded in meetings this morning oh. concerning my younger daughter, the one-year-old. Uh, we're we're uh, you know getting her. In, we're, we're going about nursery school. You, oh, know, okay. you have to enroll her in nursery school, and fingers crossed. You know, you pick the right nursery school. You hope she. Some of these nurseries, you gotta, you gotta apply. And yeah. they're, they're wonderful institutions and, uh, they really are great. And, uh, I mean, I just, it took me back to my nursery school and, uh, the kids are adorable and, um, that the staff is uh, so professional and good and, uh, they love, they love kids and, uh, hope it all works out. And, do you uh, have a memory with that a bit out on Long Island, like being a little tyke going to a nursery school? Yes. Uh, I will want to tell the administrators of this nursery school that we're engaged with now. She will be nothing like I was. <laughs> I was running up and down the halls Marcus. like crazy. I think about the t- the stuff that I did in nursery school. I wouldn't dare have tried in junior high or high school. Running out of the classroom, running down the hall, yeah. leaving school. Well, you matured. You'd be surprised. I was like this close to smoking cigarettes. <laughs> I mean, it was just crazy. Yeah, I mean, preschool. Yeah, but she's not going to be like that. She's adorable and wonderful. Uh, one year old Madeline. And then there's three year old, uh, Annalise, who's like, you know, a, vet- a nursery school veteran now. Yeah. They go earlier and earlier and it's good. Uh, we are blessed. So blessed. So, uh, I didn't know about any of this stuff. I didn't know he was back in Manhattan. And is he in the court? Do we have the pictures of him in court? Yeah, he spoke outside of court. Actually, there's audio of him, you know, referring to Tish James. And he actually made some interesting comments concerning, you know, the, the case kind of predicates almost on like real estate values. Oh, you wanted to. We have it. Oh, the audio. Yeah, I can get it. I don't have it right at my fingertips here, but he basically was saying how oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I was going to paraphrase. Wait, would it. you put it in the library? I mean, you're the... <laughs> OK, after the break, I'd like to hear what he had to say. OK, we could do that. Uh, all right. So paraphrase. Yeah. The, look, the value of Mar-a-Lago is a big you know, sticking point for the... It's worth billions. It's not worth $20 million. It's ludicrous, right? An apartment is worth... All right, so we'll hear that stuff, and we might have a new speaker when we come back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yes, you are. Uh, welcome back. And uh, it's speaker thing. Am I making too big a thing out of this speaker thing? Um, we don't know who it's going to be. It looks like Jim Jordan doesn't have the votes uh, somehow. That's what they're prognosticating. I don't know if that's true, but it uh, looks like, I mean, hell, the fake news is telling us that it's not going to happen. So it probably is going to happen. No, it looks like it's not going to happen. Um uh, James Flippin is back, and you told me about Trump speaking out big and bold before this. And I think they're trying to gag him. They're trying to make him not be able to say anything. Can't even say anything about the judge's uh, staff, even if the girl is dating Chuck Schumer. That's very strange. Yeah, and I know we saw that yesterday where there was a judge that issued a gag order regarding the January 6th case. But, yeah, there have been some restrictions placed on comments with this civil fraud trial as well. Well, if he can't say, I will. The prosecutor is a total freak show. His name is Jack Smith. Very odd name, oh, by the way, right? It's like 
Suspiciously generic. Generic, yeah. Suspiciously so. And you didn't seem to like his purple smock or whatever it was. That what he was the hell in. was that thing? Is he American? Sure. Where, what, what, what is this? The You know, it's like that court from Superman on the planet Krypton. Yeah, right. Remember? Mm-hmm. So he's totally. He looks kind of like one of those three guys in that original Christopher Reeves one, actually. And, and you know what? We don't get our questions. You're right. He looks like Zell. Zod, General Zod, yeah. Right. Uh, all right, but what's this? Uh, oh, okay. So, yeah, so Trump uh, made some comments before heading into the courtroom today here in Manhattan. And one of them concerns his South Florida home, Mar-a-Lago, because, you know, in essence, it's almost like a question of valuation and, and real estate market appraisal, whatever this building is worth. I've been to Mar-a-Lago. The place is a palace. It's not really a home. It's a club. It's a country club. It's huge. He has a, an apartment there, essentially, but it's got a beach. It's got, like, thousands of members. It is a – it's almost like an amusement park. I mean, it's big and beautiful. So – the idea is he goes he takes us through this, right? Yeah, New York State prosecutors argue it's worth about eighteen million and Trump doesn't agree with that when he made his comments, he made that clear. Letitia James said she shouldn't be allowed to be attorney general. She's defrauded the public with this trial. She said that Mar a Lago convinced the judge that Mar a Lago was worth in Palm Beach, Florida, the most expensive land in the world, I guess. That and the most expensive houses definitely in the world in Mar a Lago, the biggest House, the most spectacular place in all of Florida, was worth $18 million when it's worth approximately, could be close to 100 times that amount. And based on that testimony and based on her convincing the judge that Mar-a-Lago was worth $18 million instead of a billion to a billion five, which would sell very easily, which we've already proven, but we'll have people come up and say that and prove it, the most important people, the brokers that make the sales. Yeah, the sound quality isn't so right, but, you know, he is right. He makes up a very good point about Letitia James and defrauding the uh, the people, that you're using uh, state officials, state employees to come up with this junk lawsuit to waste everybody's time. Uh, now, it's just, it's a crime. That in and of itself is a crime. And I think she should be disbarred at the very least. Yeah, uh, I mean, anybody who has a background in real estate or even has ever owned a piece of property knows that there's a difference between how the state assesses the value of something for taxable purposes and then whatever the free market is willing to pay. Sta- they should stay the hell out of it. This is not the province, not the area. These are private uh, transactions between private parties, and the private parties are not alleging anything. You know what I mean? Like, you got the cops showing up. When no one's called the cops, and there's no crime, no like no one's none none. Anyway, it's it's amazing that he survives the way he does. He survives and thrives. They have changed laws. They have changed. You know that silly lawsuit from that crazy whack job. What was her name again? Um, the one who said she was sexually assaulted. She is insane. Oh, the writer for E. Jean Carroll, mm-hmm. the one who. Uh, I mean, she's a bit of a pervert, quite frankly. I hate to use that word. I don't like the word pervert, but I think it applies to her. You know, that's when you are like sexually minded, gross all the time, making gross comments. And she does that. Read anything she's ever said. She's the one who told Anderson Cooper that rape is sexy. Right. Yeah, that's this an is odd a per- piece of audio perverted mind. Mm-hmm. This is uh, there's nothing sexy about it. This is uh, an assault. It is the wor- one of the worst kinds of crimes. They changed the law. They literally changed the law so she could file that lawsuit because it happened in the 90s. How the hell do you defend yourself against something an allegation from 1996. How do you, how do you do that? What if you have an alibi? You know what I mean. You can you can't. Nobody can 
recreate. There's a statute of limitations for a reason. Well, they also didn't specify when exactly it happened. So I don't know how you could possibly try to come up with an alibi. Yeah, late 96, early 97. <laughs> I mean, you know, just so what's that? But it's amazing that he gets stronger and stronger and stronger. They say he can't talk about the judge's staff. They say he can't talk about the prosecutor. This is still America. You're actually allowed the judicial branch. Is, are they special somehow? Because I can make fun of congressmen all day long. I can make fun of, uh, they make fun of Joe Biden or, or Donald Trump all day long, right? The argument seems to be that it's going to negatively influence justice if he speaks out like that. Now, what about it negatively influencing justice when you have 24-7 cable news networks, including Fox, bad-mouthing Trump, calling him a threat to democracy, uh, calling him uh, you know, d- d- deranged, calling him a, uh, a madman, all the things they say about Trump all the time. I could say that's a threat. Maybe they, they should all shut up. They're actually trying to say that it's going to be prejudicial to the jury. Well, give me a break. You know, the jury's hearing the other stuff all day long. Why can't they hear from him, the defendant? They're trying to shut him. It's it's a crime what they're doing. Total crime. What's the latest in the, uh, do we have a speaker or no? House speaker vote appears to head to second ballot. Mm. So I guess they're negotiating behind the scenes. I'm still curious about who my congressman is. I really am. I should actually probably do some research on your behalf and figure this out for you. But Yeah. I knew who it was back in the day, a guy named John Weidler, W-Y-D-L-E-R, from uh, Long Island's uh, Garden City. You ever meet him? No. But I went to school with uh, one of his daughters, one of the most beautiful women who ever lived. I mean, goodness gracious. Shockingly beautiful. And in, in eighth grade, I was like, <laughs> I just like, I was mesmerized, mesmerized. Liz Weidler was her name. And she's still out and about. She married some guy and ha- very happy and, uh, um, and a bunch of kids and all that stuff. But her father was the congressman. This was like aristocracy. You know what I mean? Aristocracy. Um, what else? Who was your first? Uh, you have a crush, uh, in high school? Yeah, well, high school, even further than back than that, I guess. I mean, talk about like middle school, really. Probably, right? I mean, was it, was it, I guess it was, was it, was it straight or gay? Um, it was actually straight. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to disappoint you. I could tell from your face that that's not no, as, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering. You were conflicted. I mean, how do you know? I mean, let me ask you this. That, this 13 year old who uh, writes a letter to Joe Biden, let's see here. Uh, uh, cut 20, cut 20. Nearly every day I get letters literally from children and parents terrified by what they're, what's happening all across America. A 13-year-old transgender child wrote to me, said, I hate looking at the news, not because I'm a teenager and it's boring, but because it's painful. I hear adults much older than me debate about my existence. When they don't even know me. This is the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Uh, now, I take it you were a little bit conflicted about what was going on in terms of your orientation when you sure. were a kid. Yeah. Would you ever in a million years have written the president about your situation? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Dear President Clinton, I am wondering whether I like, you know, I mean, yeah. no, right? And did you feel so? Um, don't all right. you think a lot of the time, I mean, again, I don't know for sure. I can't verify that independently. But don't you think those video, those letters and stuff like that is made up most of the time? Probably, although they do have an office of presidential correspondence. People do write the president. And um, Obama had this thing, every other day I want you to bring me a letter. And they carefully select it, and it's all political. I mean, look, it's a big country, 300 million people. I mean, you'd imagine all kinds of kooks. Yeah. And people masquerading, people pretending that they're 13 years old. I hear that happens on the Internet a lot. 
right? You hear about people getting arrested, pretending they're a 13 year old and trying to talk to other 13 year olds, real 13 year olds. And yeah. Then, and then, you know, that's There's actually a scary story in the news right now about some guy from Delaware who met some young girl online playing like online video games and then kidnapped her, took her to Delaware, New Jersey to Delaware. So the guy got arrested and the girl's, you know, safe now. But you got to watch out for that stuff online. Um, wow. Really abducted her. Yeah. Ro- Roblox, which I think is like an, one of those metaverse games they were playing, I guess, on that. And. Uh, somehow they, you know, he arranged to, to meet her and he, he took her back to his house in Delaware, but now they got her back. I am, uh, I am going to get a flip phone or something like that. I don't want to know about the metaverse. I don't want to know about, I, I'm sick of Instagram. I am sick of it showing me all these amazing images that are so perfectly curated. I don't want, I don't want anything to do with it right now. I mean, right now, that's how I feel. And I think I can pull it off somehow. I think I can, I want to divorce myself from that online world. Yeah, I think you could do it. Easier said than done. Um, yeah, and especially if I post something and it gets a bunch of likes. I want to see. <laughs> All right. Hey, you know who's going to come by in a little bit? Who's that? Congressman Anthony Weiner. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. You know, he's very controversial. Well. He's a very controversial guy. He's However, also a contributor here at 77 WABC. And here's what I want our listeners to understand. He is brilliant. He is a nice guy. And he has been very upfront about his struggles. And uh, I think... Listening to him, especially his weekend show, can be helpful to people, can can really help people because, you know, lots of people have certain hangups and certain things, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's spending too much time online. And he knows a lot about that stuff. And, um, you know, he's he's very honest and an open book. And I think it's incredibly refreshing, incredibly valuable. I understand. Look, I, I disagree with him about politics. Right. But uh, I, he is unquestionably a very, very smart man. And he has he has much to contribute, I think, to um, the country even. And what do they say? What's that old slang I like to say, but I always botch it up? Every sinner has a future. Every saint has a past. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. So, all right, with that, turn up the volume one more time on the uh, on the CNN. I think they're gleeful because this is they didn't figure out a speaker. Well, that doesn't sound too gleeful. Sounds like a bunch of people Sounds waiting like for the train. <laughs> I feel like I'm at like a cocktail party. <laughs> Jordan appears to lose first speaker vote. Jordan does not appear. I'm impressed that there's 20. I was, I was. Wait, who's that? Oh, that's baby Adam Kinzinger. As long as we're talking about ex-congressmen, pump up the volume on this punk. Jordan had been capitulating in the last 24 hours. I think of like Mike Rogers from Alabama. Ann Wagner from Missouri, they were hell knows until they were all in. Um, this is embarrassing for Jim Jordan. And I think this is going to be hard for him to fix. Kinsinger, I mean, you're embarrassing to your family, actually, Kinsinger. And you know how I know that? From the Kinsinger family. They wrote a letter, a public letter to their um, very unpopular cousin, nephew, niece, whatever, everybody in his family. And they signed it. And they said, you're an embarrassment. You should be supporting uh, Donald Trump. And... Uh, we don't support you. We don't support CNN. We support, and we, you should listen to people like Mark Levin, uh, Sean Hannity, and Greg Kelly. I'm actually in the letter. So I love the Kinsinger family. I think they're great people. I think they're spot on. I mean it. And that guy is delusional. And he's a career politician. There are some career politicians I like, but most of them, not like him. He ran for something when he was 20. He ran, he ran for county board deputy supervisor at the age of 20. Who does that? Somebody who wants to be president, right? 
somebody who really thinks of themselves, and he probably hasn't given up on that, but he's about 10, he looks like he's 10 years old. He looks like he's in eighth grade. So, and look at this. Look at these guys. You got the analysts on TV with the maps and the charts, and they're all passionate. 212, 200, 212 versus 200. How about how many people came into the country illegally today? Hmm? Is it 20,000? Is it 10,000? Is it 15,000? Is it 2,000? How about that? Why don't we have a big map of the border? And we have no border right now. This is a crisis. Why don't we talk about uh, the transgender in the school? That is not going away. You know, James, back to you for a second. Um, there are people in the LGBTQ community who are trying to re-engineer society in a very negative way to make it all about sexuality all the time. Not a, make it about humanity to make, I hear at Disney, they're all upset. Uh, some of the people who work there, they're all upset because the movies, they may have a gay character, but they don't want the character to be on the periphery. They want the character to be, you know, front and center. And it should be about the gay character and the gay character's ups and downs and struggles, right? I don't think that's right. I do think the default setting, quite frankly, should be straight. The default setting for entertainment, especially children's entertainment, it should be straight. I don't think that's radical. I don't think that is. Imagine that, right? That That's actually an edgy opinion to hold right now. Can you believe that? I mean, you're a perfect guy to ask because you're so reasonable and level-headed. You happen to be gay. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're not, you're, you're kind of a millennial, mm-hmm. right? How old are you? Born in 85. Yeah. 38. So. so you're a millennial. And, um, so I think the default thing should be straight. Yeah. You agree? Well, I think so because generally speaking, the way I believe is though LGBTQ relationships are, you know, represented in the media, it's not really a traditional thing like in other words exactly what you said it's about someone who's exploring their sexuality or isn't sure about their sexuality or it's predicated on sexuality so most of the time i would think in like children's movies and stories you're talking about the family you know parents raising their kids giving lessons all that kind of thing it's not going to be about sex hold the phone i've got some information here what is going on paul from fairhaven massachusetts i usually uh don't take a call this uh this rapidly, you just called, but I got I got a note here. You got new footage of Ashley Babbitt. Is that true? I I don't, but uh, Cheryl Atkinson, the former journalist. I know who she is. I know who, exactly who she is. What about it? So in the middle the middle of the night, a couple of nights ago, I'm not sure which station was on. She was interviewing. She was showing the footage of the Ashley Babbitt murder, and had a discussion with two police officers where there were two people in the crowd giving signals to each other. You could see it. From her, from, from the angle it was being shown at, and then one of the two went went over and bashed the the glass uh, just prior to Ashley being murdered, and then he walks over to where the three police officers are that kind of disappeared, and starts talking with to them and starts changing his clothes, kind of you, uh, out of view from from the original footage that you've shown. Uh, all right, so show. that's out, they change the clothes outside or inside. Outside the Capitol or inside? They changed it right. He was changing his shirt right next to the police officers. Inside or outside? Inside, right next to those officers. All right. I know who Cheryl Atkinson is. Thank you for giving me the heads up. I'm going to check this out. It sounds like it could be important. Then again, it could it could be stuff that's already out there. I will be right back with more information about that. And also, yeah, Jim Jordan did not win yet. Looks like he's still going to pull it off uh, in the next vote. I'll be right back.
Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, we're back. There's no speaker, and I thought we'd bring in Anthony Weiner, the former congressman. Yes, I know. You guys, uh, we, and he and I disagree on a lot of politics, but, folks, you should listen to his show. It's called The Middle. It's on 2 to 4 on Saturdays. Uh, great insight. Again, we disagree on a lot of stuff, uh, but you're very open, Anthony Weiner, about just about everything, and I appreciate that. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the kind words. What the hell is going on down there uh, in Washington? What do you make of this? Well, you know, like I, I tell you, it's much more your camp than than mine. I think that that Jim Jordan represented to a lot of the a lot of the folks who were voting, or Republicans that were voting, as part of the problem, not the solution. But I tell you what, you know, what members don't like though, being forced to go on the record unnecessarily. So a lot of people have now voted against Jim Jordan. They're going to get their butts kicked in conservative media, and I'm sure there's a lot of resentment towards Jordan about why do you put us in this position now now we could so for example if you're a moderate and you decide to vote for Jim Jordan and he's not going to become the speaker you took that tough vote for no good reason it really is a mess I wonder if there is a a middle coalition that can be formed for someone just to manage the place for a while I don't know I mean I feel like number one you and I would disagree there's nothing far right about Jim Jordan I also wonder if this is you know Political junkies are watching, and they're on the edge of their seat. But most people don't know the name of their own congressman. I agree. I agree. I, I think I think speaker fights are inside drama, but they do have a ramification at moments like this. You know, when the Congress needs to act to help Israel out, it'd be nice if we had an act of Congress. But what do they have to do? Pass a resolution? I mean, what can they really do right now? Well, there's going to be a package, an aid package coming forward. And Chuck Schumer said yesterday they're going to start in the Senate. Usually, these things start in the House. Um, but there's, there, there's going to be a package coming forward. Ukraine aid has to, has to get done. There are stuff that they need to do. I mean, here's, here's the thing I'd ask you. Doesn't this generally give a sense to the swing voter who doesn't pay much attention that Republicans can't get their act together? Unfortunately, due to the fake news, which will play this up and play this up and play this up, and I hear it all the time. I turn, I do this on my other show. Chaos, chaos, chaos. To me, it's not chaos. Chaos is the border. Chaos is transgender, uh, People showing up at public schools for drag time story hour or whatever. That stuff is chaotic. This stuff is parliamentary. This stuff happens. Yeah, but it's, but, but it never happens. I mean, this is a first ever. We've never had a speaker uh, deposed like this. Well, I do remember in the late nineties, we had turnover pretty rapidly after Newt Gingrich and, you know, it's, it's, it's happening over there. And it's also, you know, political success. You can achieve great political success and then have a, have a stunning defeat like, like Churchill, like, um, like Newt Gingrich. Like George H.W. Bush, you can also have a string of screw-ups and then achieve amazing things. So I don't think this is necessarily yeah. indica- uh, I, indicative of what happens I would next. agree. You know, if you go back and look at oh, there's this conventional wisdom that when you have a government shutdown, the party in power loses. No, in 2013, it was actually – it turned out that the Republicans did fine after that government. So long as it's further enough, I agree it's inside baseball, but I don't think dysfunction is good for America. How do they find you on Twitter? I mean, what's your Twitter? At Rep Wiener, R-E-P-W-A-N-E-R. All right. And check them out on Saturdays, the middle, 2 to 4. Thank you, sir. And we'll be right back. Thank you. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yep, everyone's going crazy. This is the biggest thing that ever happened. Jim Jordan loses first round. Well, he'll win it. He'll win it eventually. I hope. He's a great guy and uh, he's a great legislator. And uh, nothing wrong with uh, having concerns and doubts about the election. Okay, that's fine. That is a mainstream opinion. You know what? I give Democrats all kinds of space 
on all kinds of issues. You want to be opposed to Confederate war monuments and you want them taken down? You can have that position. That doesn't rule you out. I totally disagree with you. All right? We can both be good people on both sides. Abso-freaking-lutely. And you can have doubts and severe doubts about the fairness of the last election. You can also stick up for January 6th political prisoners and January 6th victims, fatalities like Ashley Babbitt. And be a very good person. That doesn't make you an extremist, a threat to democracy. The way they talk about us, the contempt they have. Wow. And I'll uh, let's talk about Israel for a moment. Where the hell is corporate America on Israel? You know, George Floyd, again, one guy, one guy, his veins and organs jam-packed with fentanyl and heroin and crack and cocaine and you name it. Enough to kill a man five times over. One guy. And the entire world loses its mind. Oh, my God. We've never seen anything worse. Huh? I mean, have you watched any television in the past 50 years? You've never seen anything worse? Now, I know it was bad. It was tough. I also know it was really weird. A lot of things about that case have not been discussed because... You cannot discuss them because there is only one way to look at that case. It was a savage murder by those cops. That's it, period, end of story. You see what happened. Well, well, hold on a second, all right. Number one, mob justice, we're not about that in America, right? We're not about that. And yeah, there was a videotape, and disturbing, right? But there's something that happened before that videotape, right? There's something that happens after that videotape, right? There might be another angle of that videotape, right? There might be another perspective apart from the videotape, right? And there was a lot of things. Like George Floyd having a nervous breakdown in the back of the car when they put him in the police car. He says, that's when he starts saying, I can't breathe. He starts having a nervous breakdown. And basically, because they were trying to help him, they said, okay, we'll take him out of the police car. And then he says, put me on the ground, put me on the ground, put me, and they put him on the ground. Um, there is this manual that says, I didn't write it, the Minneapolis Police Department wrote it, okay? It's in that handbook, black and white. It should not have been there. I can't believe it was there, but it's there. It says, knee on the neck is somehow an authorized restraint maneuver. Now, I did not write that. Somebody years ago, and it was taught in the Minneapolis Police Department Police Academy. It's there in writing. It's there. I didn't write it. One of the reasons why Officer, what the hell was his name again, looked so blasé, he thought he was following the rules. Kind of crazy, but also know this. You know, they wanted to make it all about race, all about race. Well, there were four cops involved, four cops, and two of them were cops of color. There was a black guy. There was a white guy. And there was an Asian guy. And then there was another white guy. You never hear about the others, right? Downplayed. Because what does it do? It complicates the narrative. Complicates things. But you just want a, a straightforward story, right? Anyway, so that guy goes down. And I, look, I wish he were alive. I wish George Floyd lived to be 100. I also wish he didn't go shoplifting that day. I also wish he didn't hold a knife to that uh, pregnant woman's uh, stomach during the home invasion in Houston. All right? I wish a lot of things. But can't have everything you want and what's done is done it's in the right i mean society loses its mind rearranges everything 
You got um, you know people kneeling in classrooms. You got police kneeling. You got football players kneeling. You got the Speaker of the House kneeling, taking knee. Nobody ever explained to me why the taking of the knee. Somebody said it's to recreate the position of the cop. What? Or are you disrespecting the flag? I don't know. But I want to show you something here. I'll get an example. I'm going to play an Apple. This is two clips back to back. You're going to hear the CEO of Apple talking about George Floyd. And this was in the, the week after George Floyd died, right? You see the, the reaction. What I would say is an overreaction. And then you see the worst slaughter of Jews since the Holocaust. And then right after the Apple CEO speaks, I have it cut to a clip from Apple this week. This is what Apple is talking about now. All right? It's kind of interesting. Uh, listen to this. Cut 26. This is three years ago, and then we go to three three days ago. Cut 26. Go. I want to address the topic of racism, inequality, and injustice. To recognize the pain being felt throughout our nation, especially in brown communities, after the senseless killing of George Floyd. Hey, everyone. All right, stop. And you could say that's totally appropriate. Great. All right. It is. Fine. Now, three years later, nearly 2,000 Jews killed. What is Apple Computer talking about today? Go ahead. Welcome to my study with me video. I am excited to start studying with you guys and getting some work done. You know, a lot of people find it helpful to have them like a study buddy. Apple has a new thing called study buddy. Study buddy. That's what they're pushing right now. Let's try the NFL. What were they talking about three years ago in the aftermath of George Floyd? One guy cut 27. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. Wow. That's a pretty intense statement. Now, what is the NFL talking about three three years later after the worst massacre of Jews since the Holocaust? It's going to be a game changer. Maybe I'll see you there. Word. Yeah. Give it up for the Olympics next year. They're, they're promoting the Olympics next year for some reason. The NFL, they can't find a space to condemn terrorism. And here's Nike, all right? Nike, the sneaker company. The haunting music is all sorts of statements about how they condemn r- racism and all this stuff, right? Go ahead with 28. Nike stands for justice. Remember George Floyd. Black Lives Matter. We stand against systemic racism. You got it, you got it, shoes. See? Three years later, uh, where were the messages about uh, the Jews and standing with the Jews? And we stand against terrorism. We stand against hostage-taking of women and children. Hmm? A concert venue is not a legitimate military target. No, nothing nothing to that effect. I think that's pretty damned amazing. Don't you, Sandra? Hello. Uh, Hello, Greg. Um, I think it's pretty amazing, yes. Uh, My friend, she is an administrator in a school in Long Island, and um, she's been getting very hateful mail. And she happens to be Jewish. And uh, she's, she's, she doesn't even want to go to school. I mean, this is what's happening. So I'm concerned. I bet as time goes on, 
this is going to happen in the workforce and not only in the schools, but in other, other situations too. All right, hold on. She works at the school. Are she getting creepy? Is she getting email? You said they're, uh, hate mail. What does the hate mail say? And is it email? Hate email? What is it? They email her stuff, uh, you know, basically saying, you know, uh, I don't, I don't want to, I'll tell you what it says a little bit. You know, these people, we should get support. The Palestine people should get support. Why aren't we getting fundraising? All right. Well, I don't know uh, if that's, I mean, look, I disagree with that. I disagree with that reaction. That's not hate mail. That what you're talking about is not quite hate mail. Is it anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish hate mail? It's close, but is she getting anything like that? Yeah, she's getting a lot of little things like that. From who? So, from who? From people that know her in the school. Well, I mean, all right. Is she getting? If she's getting anti-Semitic, harassing emails, she could go right to the principal right now. She could print up the emails and go right into the principal's office. So, it sounds to me like they're uh, they're rooting for one side here, and they're misinformed, and they're misguided, and they're siding with the terrorists. But they think because they've been lied to by the fake news, maybe. They think they're doing something righteous. But if it's technically, if it's really hate mail, she should print those babies up and go right to the principal. Well, I think she's going higher than that. Uh, I don't want to say too much. The superintendent. Go to Superintendent Chalmers or somebody like that, right? Well, go to the congressman. I mean, go to the media, whatever it takes. We can't stand for anti-Jewish hate anywhere. And she shouldn't be, she shouldn't be going through that. Well, you're right. She shouldn't be, but she is. And All right, but I want to know. I mean, you're kind of, it's a little bit vague on the if, whether it's anti-Semitic or not, all right? And I can't tell if it's junk mail or she's getting it from her colleague. You tell me she's a principal? I can't, yeah. I all don't right, you say have that, her but... call me and I'll straighten it all out, okay? Okay. All right. All right. Anytime. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry, if she's getting hit, that's horrible. That is absolutely horrible and we're... Yeah, that's the that's the kind of the state of society. It's really strange. It's really I never thought I never thought it would happen. You know, I was so naive in many ways. Um and I was naive enough to think that they were going to have a uh, speaker by lunchtime, but it didn't work out that way either. Wasn't that amazing? Listen to this Apple CEO one more time. This is Tim Cook. He's the head of he's the head of Apple Computer. And the message he puts out about George Floyd versus the non-message he put out about Jews being slaughtered. Cut 26. One more time. I want to address the topic of racism, inequality, and injustice. To recognize the pain being felt throughout our nation, especially in brown communities, after the senseless killing of George Floyd. Hey, everyone. Welcome to my study with me video. I am excited to start studying. Aren't they creeped out about terrorism? Why don't they have anything to say? Anti-Semitism is real and it's deep. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. What they don't understand is that I am willing to go to jail if that's what it takes for our country to win and become a democracy again. Wow. You know, it's not inconceivable. It's not inconceivable that they'll try to throw him in jail. It really isn't. At one point, I would have said I would have scoffed at that notion, but you know what? It's not inconceivable that it wound up in jail, and it's not inconceivable um, that, like Joseph, like uh, Paul, like uh, so many other great figures in history, um, will be restored and elevated beyond anyone's imagination, even in jail. All right, it miracles, miracles follow Donald Trump. All right, and we all know that by now. If you don't, uh, stay tuned because you're going to see. 
You're going to see more. You're going to see a lot more. Uh, let's see what, oh, I want to do one other thing. I'm sorry, but it was just fascinating to me to hear this guy, uh, Biden at a, before group of, um, gay people at the human rights campaign and he wants to stir them up into a frenzy, try to pretend that they are under, you know, threat night and day, just walking down the street. They could get thrown out of a restaurant for being gay. All right. All these lies. Okay. And then, of course, it's Joe, and he's self-absorbed, and he talks about himself, and and listen to how he tries to elevate his experience yet again. Uh, Cut 23. One thing to lose someone, you know you're going to lose them, be there with them and hold their hands, like I was able to do with my son. It's a very other thing to get a phone call, like I got years ago, saying, there's been an accident. Your wife and daughter are dead. I'm not sure. Your boys are going to make it. The uncertainty of those two or three hours trying to get back to find out. It's the worst feeling in the world. It's gut-wrenching. And it's yet another reminder that hate never goes away. Now, what is he talking about, hate never goes away? What does that have to do with the death of Bo Biden, who died of some sort of brain cancer? Not prejudice, not... uh bigotry, all right, brain cancer, all right? But he's trying to connect with this audience, and that's what he thinks he's good at, but he's not. He connects uh, via lies, and uh, when you lie, you're not going to connect. A lie is a very bad way to say hello, somebody once said. And how uh, how was hate present when his, and I'm sorry this happened, but it was 51 years ago when his wife and daughter were killed in that car accident? It was a car accident. It was an accident. It wasn't deliberate. It wasn't hate-fueled. Joe at times has lied about that. He has said out loud that the driver of the tractor trailer that hit his uh, wife's car was drunk and drank his lunch, which is not true. And Delaware is a small place. You know, everybody knew the driver of that truck. You know, you're in an accident, and the sittings, the, 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 the U.S. senator's wife is killed in the accident, and daughter, you know, people are going to know that guy's name. So he had a lot of, you know, burden to bear, even though he wasn't at fault. He wasn't at all at fault. Nobody was arrested. Nobody was charged. And he wasn't drunk. But Joe said that because he thought it was a better story. I don't know if I'm uh, willing to believe what I'm seeing on the fake news right now. And I don't even, should I repeat it, but they're saying 300 killed in a Gaza hospital. Bombed by the Israelis. This is classic Palestinian uh, PR. All right? This is how they get the fake news wrapped around their finger. I don't believe, I don't believe, I do know that the Israeli Defense Forces came out and warned the people, because they don't want to hurt innocent people, told them to move, told them to go south. That's what a civilized country does. And they dropped leaflets all over Gaza, telling them, instructing them where to go, where to seek safety. But these terrorists, uh, they don't want their people safe. They want their, they want, they want to be able to claim, oh, look at what the Israelis did. They want to use them as human shields, which is inhumane. And no one's still, it's totally forgotten that they opened fire at a concert outdoors with a bunch of young women dancing around. Is it anti-human, anti-woman, misogynistic? Hello, and these Palestinians are awfully misogynistic. 
And as far as the LGBTQ community and aspects of it are jumping on board with Palestine, you should check out some of the videos I've uh, posted. Um, you know what they're famous for over there with the LGBTQ? Throwing them off roofs, punishing them for their LGBT behavior. Yet Joe Biden goes along with this uh, the, the squad and the far-left media uh, lying about our Jewish friends all the time, constantly. I hate it. I hate it. All right. So, you know who's nearby? Rudy Giuliani. I actually haven't seen him in a couple of days. Uh, America's mayor. I'm very curious what he would do if he were mayor and his police commissioner on a global day of jihad uh, went on vacation. <laughs> what do you think the mayor would do to that police commissioner? Huh? We got a global day of jihad. And uh, the police commissioner takes the day off and, 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 and makes it a travel day. That's uh, that's kind of weird, right? Don't you think? That's not that's not exactly right. Hey, a little bit later, I'm going to be talking to um, my friend Greta. She's very intrigued that I used to land on aircraft carriers. The Eisenhower is in the Persian Gulf off the coast of Israel. And I landed on that baby a bunch of times when I was a pilot. I did. It was a lot of fun. It was kind of scary. Very interesting. The very first time you go to an aircraft carrier, you go by yourself. No instructor. The first time you land on a boat, you just do it. They just send you out. All right, there's the boat. Go land on it. Figure it out. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Let's whip around real quick and see what you guys are talking about. Saul is in Franklin Square. Hi, Saul. Yo. Yeah, put him on. All right. Uh, let's, uh, oh, we got a big problem with the phone line. That's okay. Uh, I see Clarissa Ward is on TV. She's that, uh, gosh, overly dramatic, uh, CNN reporter who wants to make it seem like, uh, you know, the sky is falling every time. Uh, she's on camera, and I think she really overdid it, and uh, people are seeing that it was kind of fake. Uh, she's complaining about rocket fire, and they're all outgoing rockets, not incoming rockets. There's a big difference between outgoing and incoming. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's okay if they're outgoing. If they're incoming, uh, not so much. Uh, Joe Biden getting on a plane going to um, Israel. Tony Blinken, as I said, I don't think he should be doing it. I think they should turn around and come home. It's a big mistake. Please. I, you know, I don't like Joe Biden. I want him to resign, but I want him to be safe. And I also want Air Force One to be safe. I don't want anything happening to our amazing aircraft. Uh, by the way, Air Force One, I've been on it. It's not that actually, it's not that amazing. It's amazing that it's Air Force One and it's got a beautiful paint job, but that plane is now 33 years old. Very few airlines out there have, um, have airliners. I have, uh, are we, are we, are we good? Okay. Very few airlines have a plane that old. Uh, metal fatigue, they gotta worry about that. They gotta worry about the wings. They gotta worry about everything. It's an old plane. Um, you can refurbish it. You can get it updated. But it's an old plane, and I was on board. I was actually in the plane itself. And it's not that – it's really not all that. It's kind of like a, a camper. It's kind of like – and it's very much from the 80s. Yeah, it, was, it first flew in 1990, 1991, but the contract was approved all the way back in the 80s. So it feels like, I don't know, Nancy Reagan designed the place. It's It's very strange. All right, are we good now? Let's try, uh, if it works, let's try Paul in Scarsdale. Paul, hello. 
Hi there. Uh, thank you for taking the call. I wanted to give a quick uh, comment on the um, report. I think you said it was CNN with regards to a rocket fired on a hospital in Gaza. Um, it, that I think the suggestion was that it came from Israel to Gaza, which, of course, is pretty ludicrous. Um, but I did want to say, if that is what was reported, that there's a, a WhatsApp of 20,000 people, and it's part of Israeli Live News 14. And these, the, the premise behind it is everything has to be honest, everything has to be verified, and we're not looking for anything disgusting. And I received at, uh, on my phone the notification at 2.07 today, Eastern Time, that a rocket fired from Gaza into Israel hit a hospital in Khan Yunus, Gaza, as a result of a failed launch. So I just want to remind listeners that... Oh, wait, again, wait, 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 You said, wait, uh, an Israeli hospital was hit by a Gaza rocket? No. A rocket fired from Gaza into Israel, hit a hospital... Oh, in, in Gaza, Gaza, in Gaza. So it could be a Gaza. Yeah. Yes, the implication here, you got the whole part right uh, about what they're saying, what they're reporting happened. But you're telling me from your WhatsApp community, yes, a rocket was fired by Gaza and it hit the hospital in Gaza, according to your uh, your group there, right? Correct. It was a failed launch. I have a video of it. You do? How do I get in on this uh, yeah. WhatsApp thing? Um, I can probably... Send a, a link to someone, but I'd, you know, rather just give it to someone trusting rather than. All right, put him on hold. I want to get this link. Okay, uh, let's put him on hold. That's very interesting. Uh, Russ is in White Plains. Hello, Russ. Hey, Greg. hey, Greg. Did you see the video of the bandaged Israeli hostage being treated in the Gaza hospital and saying she was well treated? Did you see that video? I did see that video when she's sitting on that filthy couch and she looks scared to death and she's looking off and her her arm has the uh, the metal coming out and the big. Uh, Sutures, yeah, I saw that video. It was uh, pretty disturbing, Russ. Um, very, you know, gosh, terrible, terrible. Did you notice how filthy that couch was? Did you yeah. notice that? I mean, my gosh, you know. So what about it? Well, I don't think that couch is there anymore because the next day the artillery strike on the hospital takes place. You're not going to be seeing videos of well-treated hostages anymore. They need a war crimes tribunal right now for the criminal regime, a Nuremberg trial for these Israelis. Oh, you're, you're, Russ, I had a feeling. I had a feeling that you're a, a crackpot um, rooter of uh, terrorists. My goodness gracious. Um, what a hate-filled man. You know that, Russ? You know, for you to say that the Israelis are criminals after what happened on Saturday, after what happened, and we see the Israeli Defense Forces warning these people, warning these people. Hey, Russ, whenever you're not fired up on the phone, what are you up to? You know what? I wish they had warned their own people. All right, Russ, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're not going to answer my questions, you know, but, uh, hey, at least you don't give a fake name. Oh, you do give a fake name, don't you? Don't you, Russ? Yeah. Make a note of that, okay? You can still put him on, but um, we'll uh, maybe we don't. Maybe we'll just lecture him. Okay, he can call for. And we'll tell him what's what. Jason in uh, New Jersey. Hello. Hi, Greg. Um, a few days ago, you were trying to figure out with I forgot who it was on Friday. You were trying to figure out why the reaction from the Jewish community is different than, let's say, BLM regarding anti-Semitism and like uh, 
black people. Getting, well, not all um, aspects of the Jewish community. And yeah, we were kicking that around, me and James Flippin, uh, and why not really the Jewish community, but we were, I know we, we were talking about liberal Jews and conservative Jews, but we we're really talking about corporate America and their reaction. So go ahead. Yeah. So the, just the, the difference, the, I, so I was understanding you were trying to figure out the difference and I was just trying to clarify for you that the Jewish people know that they're not, they're not in their homeland. And they also know that they, they, America. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean by the Jewish people are not in their homeland? The, meaning the, 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 the people that, let's say the, the, the religious Jews that are orthodox, the, 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 in Am- the, the one in, the ones in America? America, in America, yeah. Okay, yeah, so, and? So you, you won't hear as much backlash and, and, and anger at, because we know that it's not our land and we try No, to- no, 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 no. Jason, I think you got that one wrong too. I think you got that wrong as well. And by the way, listen to the Jewish community. I mean, listen, the Jewish community. I'm talking about why, quite frankly, the others are so ultra sensitive to Black Lives Matter and not ultra sensitive to this horrible terrorist attack. And Jason, I'm sorry, but I'm going to, no, no, that will leave it there. One more. And we're waiting on Rudy Giuliani. He's always the best. Um, Patrick in Indiana, home state of Mike Pence. Mike Pence. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. I think um, I think Trump should uh, sue Fannie Willis, uh, uh, Alvin Bragg, and all those uh, Jack Smith, all the people that are continuing to bring false charges against him, and they they don't have any proof. And he should sue them for terrorism. Look up the defini- definition of terrorism. There's two definitions. One is uh, using illegal force. And the other is um, uh, accusations, usually against a citizen, usually. All right, listen. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know about that, man. I don't. I mean, it's, it's, it's fake. It's fraudulent. What they're doing. It's all kinds of things. I do believe they're breaking the law. They're misusing public funds. But, um, and I'm all for stretching the law to get my enemies. Believe me. <laughs> you know, got to be within the law. But you want to, you know, sometimes you got to really and. Um, I don't think you can charge them with terrorism, all right? We know what terrorism looks like, and as horrible as what they're doing to President Trump, it's not terrorism, but it is awful. And I think they should be in prison, actually, for what they have done and what they continue to do. All right, actually, uh, Rich in Pennsylvania. Thanks, Greg. First of all, Mae West was the first one to say that marriage is a great institution, but I'm not ready for an institution. (laughs) And. Yeah, and she said it in a movie to someone like a uh, really good-looking guy, you know, 100 years ago. I think she died in the 80s. I don't even know who May, May I, It's a familiar name now. It's of May West. May West. Greg, Greg, what, what what have you been doing all this time? What are you talking um, about? Well, she was she was always in those movies with W.C. Fields. I she was yeah. I, I again, uh, it's not my thing. Sorry, I mean, but I I, I appreciate the line. Okay, in the meantime, so what was revealed uh, on that attack by Hamas in Gaza uh, showed the world what Israel's up against every single day. And the reason that we're not getting the response wait, in America... Wait, wait, just do me a favor. Just slow it down a little bit for me, all right? Just not, and not as intense. You're giving me, you're giving me flashbacks of those other... Co- uh, just say it slower. Go ahead. Okay, so this last attack 
from Hamas out of Gaza really showed the world what these terrorists are capable of and what Israel has to defend itself against every single day of the year. Yes. And the reason we're not getting the same response um, about a Jewish atrocity. Um, you mean a, an atrocity of, inflicted upon Jews? Inflicted upon Jews is that Americans are not threatened by the Jewish community. They know darn well the Jewish community is not going to riot. They're not going to loot. They're not going to burn things down. Um, they're not going to kill cops. There's no threat of this cancel culture, and uh, especially in academia, and um, and uh, and uh, uh, like the, you're not going to see a sign on a lawn that says no anti-Semitism here or a flag like that, because people aren't afraid of a home invasion from the Jewish community. Well, look, uh, yeah, you're, uh, look, James Flippin said there is, there's a fear factor and a lack of a fear. Yeah, look, you're on to something. Now, I want to point out, though, however, uh, sometimes fear is misplaced, and, uh, you know, I'd let the overwhelming majority beyond of uh, people, no matter what they look like, are law-abiding and good people. But, yeah, there is a fear factor uh, there. And uh, it's true. Um, people like Tim Cook were afraid, afraid of Black Lives Matter and what he thought they could uh, unleash. And he's not afraid of uh, of uh, the Jewish coalition, the Jewish people. He's not. He's not. And it shouldn't be about fear. It should be about doing the right thing and supporting those who have been victimized. You know who's no greater supporter of Israel? Just walked in the room. Former Mayor Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> You are a amazing supporter of Israel. Maybe you can talk a little bit about Christians in Israel. Very, very tight. It really makes sense. Of course it makes sense. I mean, one religion emerged directly from the other. The traditions, minus a few differences, are the same. It's the same set of Ten Commandments, the same historical basis for the religion, the same morality. There's a difference in liturgy. There's a difference in some spirituality. But, I mean, by and large... It's just, it's one tradition that's been altered a bit by the other. Uh, and you know, the Muslim religion could have been that way if it didn't, if part of it didn't go off in a terrible direction. Mm. Because you look at early Muhammad and he was the third Abraham religion, but then it went off in a different direction. You know theology. Uh, better than some theology professors, actually. Yeah, I guess. You do. Yeah, you I do. studied it for a long, long time. Um, Jim Jordan is not the speaker. Uh, will he be the speaker? I guess it depends now on what that was all about. Did they get a chance to make their vote they wanted to make, and now they can come together? Or is the problem with Jim irreparable for some of them? I don't know why. Uh, you know, when he was younger, he was a flamethrower, but so was everybody else that's any good, <laughs> right? He's a, I think he's getting, he's getting uh, uh, blamed a bit for his early career, I would never have considered him a flamethrower, but some of them do. And uh, I, I just think he would be the most charismatic of the group. I mean, you know, he's a leader. And even if you don't agree with him 100% on what he, on issues, gosh, Don, right now we need a leader. We need somebody who's going to stand up, talk straight. And I hope, I, I hope, I hope, I hope he gets through. You know, uh, the other day we had the uh, potential global day of jihad, and you know where the police commissioner was? A guy named Caban, who I don't think I'd recognize if he walked in the room right now. <laughs> C-A-B-A-N. Uh, he was on a business trip in the Middle East. He was in Qatar. 
He was in Qatar at a security summit. How could that be? How could that be? What would you do to your police commissioner who was newly appointed only two or three months on the job and went on a, went on a trip? A, give him a choice. Stay there, enjoy it, and we have a new police commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love or it. Or yeah. come back. Go to Qatar and... Uh, you like it there? Great. <laughs> yeah, apply for a job. <laughs> yeah. um, how's everything going in your world? Hey, by the way, I read the Cassidy Hutchinson book. Uh-huh. Full of lies. Total. Oh, total. Yeah, this, you're going to have a field day with she's this. pathological. Pathological. Yeah. Totally got a screw loose. Um, and how do you feel about the stuff in Atlanta? How's that going? I think that's going like haywire. I mean, the, the um, she's trying to they're trying to get this early trial in October uh, for several of the defendants, and uh, now they've got to go look for exculpatory material. And I have no idea how they're going to get that case ready in time for October. You're feeling good. I'm feeling good about that case. I think that case is the case that's going to explode of its own uh it's a crazy case it's yeah a, people are being prosecuted for in our case for being lawyers and others like donald trump for, for arguing politics well, and being president i know it's it's incredible but he's gonna he's gonna survive I think it's the and, strangest one in many ways so kooky mr mayor stay with us we'll be right back right. so Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The staff almost expects too much respect. you got to listen to me. Uh, we're back with the mayor, and we're back with no speaker of the House of Representatives. It's not a crisis. It's no big deal. You've been on Air Force One a bunch, right? Yeah, sure. It's not all that. It's it's not. What we, how would you describe it, Air Force One? It's a great plane. I mean, it's a terrific plane. It isn't, it isn't a paradise. It's not a luxury. I mean, a lot of very rich people have much more luxurious planes. Yeah. It's a working plane. I'd, I'd, I'd describe it as a working plane. I mean, there, there, there is a, a, a quarters for the president, but a lot of it is devoted to where the press can be, where the staff can be. There's a gigantic conference room. There's an office. Uh, it's like, you know, traveling in your office. With a bedroom. <laughs> I was on it. I really wasn't as impressed. And I think some people go down there and my gosh, they're, they just, they're overwhelmed by what they think are these ultimate and goodies, these ultimate luxuries, these ultimate accessories. Like Bill Clinton lost his mind. Uh, others, you know, they can't believe it. I got a helicopter well, and a he plane. A plane was almost as nice. But so if I compare his plane traveling on the, on the, uh, so I went right from his plane on the by, campaign, uh, uh, Trump's. Trump's plane. To Air Force One. Air Force One's a little, obviously a little bigger, a little better. It's safer for sure. But um, the difference, not that tremendous. Well, that's why he didn't, like, he just took it all in stride. He had his own plane in the 1980s. He had his own helicopter in the 1980s. So he wasn't blown away by the trappings of the presidency. He had them already, basically. You know what, he, you know what got him a lot? The historical uh, interest in the White House. He loved it. And de- doesn't express it a lot. I remember when he, when he was locked in there during the government shutdown. Mm. I was, that was the height of our uh, representation of him. We were answering questions for Mueller, which was a very uh, sensitive period because he was always afraid they'd try to trap him in perjury. So I, I spent that Christmas with him and he was kind of alone there most of the time and he enjoyed it. He really enjoyed it. And he would tell me stories about, Oh, this is where Grant was and this is where so and so was. This, that impressed him a lot. It's kind of interesting that, that he was in such historical space. It's almost bigger than the presidency as a person. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you walked in, you kind of like, okay, here's Donald Trump. You don't think of, here's the president. It's more Trump than president. Yes. Yes. Well, an amazing man, an amazing time in history. Uh, Mike Pence is uh, what it, these these Republicans are waiting for Trump to actually 
get convicted of something. That's why they're still in the race, aren't they? Right? Yeah, they're convicted, uh, lightning strike, or I don't know what they're waiting for. Sure. I mean, there's no, there's no logical political, uh, argument to their uh, victory. They ha- something has to intervene. But let's face it, they're also, I think, thinking maybe the Democrats have something else up their sleeves. I mean, at this time, four years ago, we hadn't had the pandemic yet. Yeah. Right? Yes, right? Yes, 2019. 2019. We're amazing. still a few months away from the pandemic. We were all about Alexander Vindman and, and the we Ukraine phone call. Hey, do me a favor. Mary's been waiting to talk. Mary, you're in Brooklyn. Hello. Hi, how are you? Greg, I love uh, your show, your TV show. First of all, that's what I want to say. Love Giuliani. So going back to what you were saying, how three years ago they were glorifying BLM and all that, and the school specifically where my child is in city school, I can't even name it. It's Midwood High School in particular. Oh, yeah, famous so high school. Had cousins who went there. Yes, Schumer went yes. there. Right. So lesson plans required to to kneel, to, you know, to glorify all that, what happened with with Floyd. And, you know, and but today what is happening, my child, who is Jewish, was sitting in the class and the class is called, by the way, classism, racism and sexism. How how funny is that? So the teacher was supporting all those students who came up to the front of this class and were agreeing to what terrorists did. And the teacher was saying, oh, she's glorifying Davis, the communist, the one. Uh, Angela Davis. Angela, Angela Davis. Yes. The teacher speaks. She she loves her. I think she, she is her. And she was saying that Angela Davis uh, is great, how she supports Palestine and how she won an award for that. So entire class was dedicated to all this. Well, Mary, thank you for letting us know about this. Midwood Gosh. High School. Huh? Anti-Semitism, it sounds like, at Midwood High School. Pro-communism. Go figure, huh? Yeah, it used to be a heavily Jewish school. We'll stay on it. Thank you, Mary. Thank you all. Mr. Mayor, you're next. I'll see you later. God bless you.